Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. The show that brings you in where the magic happens. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, and today I'm joined by Sif Pop writer Alice again. Good day. <laughs> nice intro. Just just perfect. <laughs> uh, we write for SifPop.com, providing you with movie reviews, best ever challenges, and other media-related articles. So make sure you check out the website, SifPop.com, to keep up with those. We have a great show for you this week. We're going to start off here in the pitch, which is now, so that's good. We're on schedule so far. After that, we'll move on to the coming attraction, where we'll give our thoughts on what's coming out this week. This week, we have Witches, which is hitting HBO Max this week. Uh, and then we're going to move on to the Sif topic, which we'll be talking about TV this week. Question comes from Joseph this week. And uh, uh, we'll wrap up with a spinoff. Quick recommend or warn from each one of us. But first, as always, let's get a chance to know our writer this week. So, Alice, you were on uh, a little over a month ago when we talked to The Black Cauldron. And uh, we did get to ask you all the typical questions that we asked you about a month ago. So what's your favorite movie of all time? Why is that? Mm-hmm. And how did you get involved in writing for Sif Pop? So, I mean, we've already got that out of the way. So let's do a couple things to, to kind of dive quicker. So I have uh, I have two questions for you. One of them is, is a little bit of a game that we're going to play. We're going to play another round of What Gives. If you listen to the show pretty regularly, then you know that I played this with Robert a while ago. And so uh, well, the way that What Gives was is I did a little perusing on your Letterboxd account see what films you've rated, and I get to judge you for those ratings and be like, Alice, what gives? Why do you love or not love this movie that I feel opposite for you, uh, about mm-hmm. from you? And so, but here's here's the difficult part, though, is we are really on the same page on a lot of things. We're typically within one star rating uh, on most things. And so you've rated 2,100 movies on Letterboxd, and I've rated 1,400, and I'd looked at the ones that we had both rated, and... I came up with only four, and two of them are maybe a little bit of a stretch on on our differences for this. So uh, this is going to be a little bit of fun. So Alice, I got I got to ask. I know we talked about this on the last podcast. So that's the other thing. But La La Land, what gives? I mean, this is a five star <laughs> movie for me, and you have this at a two and a half star. I told you it just it was a five star movie, and then the end hit, and I it just knocked it down two and a half stars because it crushed my soul and I haven't gone back since. I know I said I would, I haven't had a chance to yet, but if on this magical second viewing I'm not as crushed, then maybe I'll bump it up a star or two. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I don't expect you to have watched it again just yet. It's only been a little over a month since we had Jan, so uh, I know know how schedules are. all right, so uh, here's here's another one. This one really put me uh, for a shock, and, and for uh, for several reasons. Uh, Alice, what gives? What, X-Men Apocalypse, you have that one at four and a half stars. That's a <laughs> movie. <laughs> okay, so some of these, you're going to have recency bias, you know, really playing into it, and me not having gone back and fixed it since then. I would have rated it like that because I had a really good time. I remember having a really good time. I really enjoyed the um, prequel series. Like, I enjoyed First Class. I really enjoyed Days of Future Past. Like, loved, loved, loved it. 
Plus, at that time, I had a very strong, it would be kind for me to say obsession with Jennifer Lawrence. So <laughs> anything she did, I was automatically, I was like keen for. Um, but yeah, it would have just been that I had a good time. I enjoyed, you know, the all the character beats and the relative story. And then I haven't gone back since. So that means I haven't <laughs> seen it since. I haven't been able to look at it with a more logical point of view. So. I would like to think I'm still positive on it, but I am a bit of a sucker for X-Men movies as a whole, so that's probably why. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I had the same experience. I didn't see it in theater. I, I rented it right when it came out uh, on, on DVD, and I, I I remember really enjoying it. And so that, that Black Friday, I bought a copy for like nine bucks, and I watched it again maybe a year ago. And I think Ben and I will talk deeper about this movie at some point, but... I just did not enjoy it. That movie is a chore. And so, I, I mean, I like to think that because we have a pretty similar taste, a pretty similar palate, that we're going to, you're, you're going to not enjoy it. And part of my heart breaks for you for that. But but at the same time, I, I know why I liked that movie so much when it came out, but I, I definitely hated it my second viewing. It's long. And mm. I actually sold my copy of it because I, wow. like, I'm, I don't ever want to watch this one again. And especially because you have first class at, at like four out of five stars on Letterboxd. So like, wow. Well, no way is Apocalypse better than First Class or Days of Future Past. I'm telling you, it's recency bias. I would have gone into my letterbox after walking out of the cinema. And the thing is, I don't look at, you know, the previous films when I rate. I just rate how I'm feeling. So I would have been like, oh, that was such a good time. And then never looked at it again. And now I'm like, oh, I should look at that again. Well, and here's, I mean, here's the part to what gives. I mean, first of all, like, uh, this is meant to just be fun. Uh, I don't, you know, your movie opinions are your movie opinions and love what you love and hate what you hate and, and don't be ashamed of that. But, uh, but it's, it's just for fun conversation. Mm. So, hey, if you happen to love X-Men Apocalypse, like, I don't get it, but good on you. And, uh, yeah. and all that. So anybody, anybody listening at home, same things. If you happen to hate La La Land, I mean, maybe not good on you because <laughs> don't really want to condone hate, but, Dislike. but you know, yeah, good for you, and uh, and and I respectfully disagree, and <laughs> and that's okay. We can still be friends. Yeah. All right. So these last two are actually a little bit of uh, pretty close to kind of where I have them, but just mm-hmm. in, just enough different that I'm like, okay, this is this is really weird. So, uh, Alice, the the very first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, Curse of the Black Pearl, you have this one at about three and a half stars. I think this is closer to like a four and a half star movie. Mm, yeah, it's fun. I enjoy it. I've never been as intense of a Pirates of the Caribbean fan as a lot of people have. Um, And that's just probably because I've never been that intense of a fan of pirate movies. But um, I definitely enjoy it. I think three and a half stars, you know, like a like a seven point a seven seven point five. That's definitely where I sit with the Pirates of the Caribbean. I enjoy watching it when it's on, but I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it probably. Okay, that's fair. This is the only Pirates of the Caribbean movie I like. I've never seen the the On Stranger Tides or the Dead Man Tell No Tales, and I frankly don't think I want to because I don't know many people that do like those two. You, I, I might check out Dead Man's Chest and At World's End at some point, but I just remember not liking them at all when they came out. I saw each of them maybe two, three times. Mm. And, uh, I'm good with just the first Pirates movie. It's it's a really solid movie. It's lots of fun. I just. I think that's about it. Uh, I don't really have any interest in, in moving past that anymore. 
And uh, last one here, I have this. Uh, so again, this is maybe about a one star difference, but it's but this is enough for me, especially because I know this movie is very highly regarded. Uh, I have Taxi Driver at about a four out of five, and you have it at about three. So Alice, what gives? Okay, so this is going to happen with a lot of these like seventies movies, you know, seventies iconic movies. I watched it. I recognize that it's a great movie, like technically, but I didn't have that great of a time watching it in that I was a bit bored throughout it. Um, and this is one of those films I watched when I was studying film, you know, at uni and I had to watch it. Uh, and so I could recognize why it's so important, why it's so great, but it's just all these movies from the seventies that are, you know, gritty and really dark and about, you know, the worst in humanity, like taxi driver. I always watch them and I'm like, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, it was good, but I'm, we'll never watch it again, you know? So it's this, I feel very similar. Don't kill me. I feel similar about the Godfather series as well, because again, I recognize the brilliance, but I was a bit bored. And it's also partly because of, you know, the fact that I'm maybe younger and I'm much more into modern type cinema in certain areas. So it just doesn't quite gel with me. And so that's why it has that rating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, modern cinema, like, uh, you know, Zombieland. (laughs) So exactly a modern classic. <laughs> I I don't disagree with you at all there, but uh, yeah, that's just a man, for I mean for me to look through fourteen hundred up to fourteen hundred movies and that's the only four we could find. I mean that's pretty impressive, and I, I think I feel the same way about you with Taxi Driver. I recognize its brilliance. Uh, it, it's a very hard movie to watch though, and I I, I see myself really only watching it if we talk about it on Goats with Robert at some point again. Mm. I, it's 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 just a really difficult movie to watch, um, and I, I do think it's a good movie um, though, and and kind of it's a, it's got a very similar tone to Joker, which Joker was intentional about that. Whereas I really liked Joker out of the theater, and watching it again, I I kind of really don't like that movie. And whenever Ben and I get around to talking about it, I can explain why. But uh, uh, but Joker is also just one of those very hard to watch movies, but it's not one that I can look back and be like, but I still recognize it's good. It's, it's greatness. Now it's that movie's uh, I'll talk about it with Ben some more, but, <laughs> but I really do. I really do like, I uh, think, think taxi driver is great. It's just, mm-hmm. I, it's hard. Anyway, I, yeah. I, I got another question uh, for you mm-hmm. before we move on to our silly one. And that's Alice, what is the one thing that Americans should be really envious that Australians have? I thought about this a lot and there are lots of things, but at the end of the day, universal healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> it's great you guys should try that, it that, that is an excellent answer as somebody who is about to turn 26 meaning i can't leech off my parents insurance anymore yeah here like three months that is an excellent answer yeah i had a lot of answers like that i could think of that were more fun um you know for example like uh our there's a local hardware um chain a store chain here called Bunnings and it's famous because every weekend it has a barbecue at the front and we can get sausage um we call them snags but it's just like a hot dog but you in the sausages in between just a slice of bread and it's famous and it's delicious and everybody goes for that um but I think being able to go to the doctor and not pay anything is probably better <laughs> that would be really nice Especially as somebody with a pre-existing condition. Mm. So, and Alice, I have one one just really silly mm-hmm. question for you. And I'm 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 also interested in this one because of, we have such different cultures. But uh, if if animals can talk, which animal would be the rudest? Oh, cats! 
just house cats okay. especially because they have the ego of a tiger or a lion or a proud cat, but they're just small and they're, they're angry at, you know, everybody because they're not the kings of the world, even though they think they are. So they would 100% treat you rotten. Okay, see, that's a, that's a really good answer that for some reason I didn't think of. And, uh, and I think I have a good answer. I don't know if it's the best answer and maybe it's just bias of the context of what we're talking about i I think maybe kangaroos and and here's why because (laughs) because cats we're talking about uh, yeah cats are jerks but at the same time like they're very passive jerks or passive aggressive jerks they're not like in your face rude most of the time and so i can i can live well i don't really want to live with that my wife is not passive aggressive Uh, that's just not a good recipe for good relationships but uh in my you know in my opinion but um passive aggressive doesn't always translate too rude necessarily but i think i think cape kangaroos just if they had the chance to talk i mean other than the the one in winnie the pooh i think they'd just be kind of stubborn and just kind of like look at me i'm a kangaroo and i'm big and muscular get close and i'll kick you and all like maybe it's because my only experience with kangaroos is winnie the pooh and kangaroo jack which i haven't seen in 15 (laughs) years maybe but kangaroo jack was kind of a jerk (laughs) yeah look kangaroos uh they're not as prominent as you'd think in australia you know i live in the city they're not bouncing around the city but uh when you go up you don't ride a kangaroo to work no no, would you believe it i don't (laughs) don't ride an emu either no um you don't sit in its pouch and it and it hops you all the way (laughs) well i don't know if you know about kangaroo pouches but the inside is pretty much mucus that would not be enjoyable But um, you said that right as I took a drink of Mountain Dew, and that was about the worst thing that could have happened. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to to break that to you, but um, I no longer want to be in a kangaroo's pouch. <laughs> um, but yeah, Sitting so in their nose essentially. Yeah, so they're in the country more, and so you do see them, and they are muscly, and they are terrifying. But I don't know if they'd be rude. They'd probably just punch you if they didn't like you. <laughs> probably just give you a good kick and move on. But, um, you know, if you have food on you and, and you go up to them and you're nice and they're, they're nice back. So it's all about a treat me the way, you know, you want to be treated. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the best answer for this question is. But uh, I, I'm pretty happy with cats and kangaroos. Yeah. Uh, th- you know, we'll, we'll stick with there. I'm, I'm sure there's a better answer. And you can definitely let me know on Twitter. We're going to move to the coming attraction. Let's talk about, uh, this is a Witches. It was supposed to get a theatrical release uh, a couple weeks ago, but um, shortly before its theatrical release, it was pulled from the calendar, and then HBO Max bought the rights to the movie, and they're just releasing it on, on HBO Max as, a, as HBO Max original, and uh, uh, it delayed the release by a couple of weeks. Basis or The synopsis for this movie is, well, based on the Road to Halls 1983 book, The Witches, the story tells the scary, funny, and imaginative tale of a seven-year-old boy who has run in with some real-life witches. I mean, which is fairly vague, incredibly vague, actually. Uh, And this comes out the 22nd, by the way, so uh, 22nd on HBO Max. Alice, we've, we've done a little bit of the research, excuse me, to this movie. Let's say that COVID doesn't exist anymore. Let's say movie theaters are open. And it's totally fair to go. And let's say this was a movie theater release instead of a HBO Max release. How how soon do you think you're going to check this out? Do you think this is going to be a, a opening night movie? Or are you going to go catch a matinee when it could cost you a couple less bucks? Uh, are you going to, to rent this movie? Wait till it's out on Blu-ray DVD. You can catch it at Redbox or whatever Australia has. Uh, are you going to wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for? Or are you just not interested in watching this movie? 
Oh, I'm opening night all the way. Okay. All the way. I uh, loved the old one, and as soon as I saw Anne Hathaway, I was like, yep, I'm good. Okay. By the way, do you guys have Redbox? No. <laughs> okay. I, that's, I just realized as I said that, I was like, well, she may not know what Redbox is. <laughs> well, probably you know what Redbox is. Yeah, right? yep, yep. I'm just I'm just gonna play the ignorant American card all day today. That's all good, all good. We um, have we have other things we can rent movies off, um, so it's all good. Similar, but not exact. I think my anticipation for this is I would wait till it's on a streaming service I already pay for. Uh, maybe maybe rent. Uh, maybe I'm kind of there because uh, I am interested in watching this movie. I just I have my reservations, and I I am still excited to see this movie. I think uh, there's a lot plenty going for it, but I think there's just enough. That's kind of keeping me away. So, um, uh, what you know, you you seem to to be a little bit more high on it. Why don't we start with the positives? Yeah. So, as I mentioned, you know, I remember watching the old one when I was a kid, and it traumatized me as it was meant to, um, but in a fascination sort of way. So, I was definitely uh, a fan of it growing up, and I enjoyed it, especially the really cool prosthetics for the witches themselves. Uh, so when I saw that they were remaking it, initially I was a bit like, oh, maybe not. However, it has been enough time and it would be interesting to see how it could be improved without new and better special effects. Plus, when I saw that Anne Hathaway was cast as the, the main witch, the head witch, I was, I'm a huge Anne Hathaway fan, like massive. So she's in something that I'm even vaguely interested in. I will go see it. Uh, so the fact that she was playing this character who, you know, Angelica Houston played before and is such a great character that you can do lots of different nuances and different angles with, it was going to be really interesting to see. Plus then you've also got, you know, Stanley Tucci and Octavia Spencer. So that also was a great cast to round it out. And then the fact that it was written and directed by Robert Zemeckis, I know that he's kind of hit or miss with his late later films. However, I've always found that I buy into the charm that he presents. I buy into the magic. I enjoy. I'm one of the few people that enjoy Polar Express. I love Forrest Gump. So he just hits me with the charm and the magic. So I think that I'm really going to enjoy it going to it. So okay. I, I'm very keen. I think that uh, I think that there's a lot going for this movie. Uh, like, okay, so Anne Hathaway, of course. I'm a big Anne Hathaway fan as well. Um, and I think I think this I think she looks really great in this role. I mean, this looks like almost like I I really wonder how much this is going to be reminiscent of that uh, the the Devil Wears Prada mm. and how much she's going to take from that Meryl Streep character into this. I mean, obviously Anne Hathaway played the young innocent person, but how much she's going to be like, well, Meryl Streep did it this way. And I mean, because I I get kind of that vibe. Uh, Octavia Spencer is one of the best working actresses in the industry right now. Uh, Stanley, St Stanley Tucci is just Stanley Tucci. <laughs> Stanley Tucci is just a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, and, and Chris Rock narrating this. Uh, part of it made me just giggle, though, when it opens up of the trailer and Chris Rock is narrating. And I'm just like, I can already hear the Cinema Sins outtakes where after he's done narrating, they go, everybody hates Chris. Oh, that's exactly what I thought. So. I'm like, I wonder if it's going to take me out of it because of that show. Maybe I don't know. I just and there's, and there's my bad singing for everybody, but uh, yeah, there's a couple. There's some things that really interest me about this though, and it's a lot as I'm looking into it as we're talking about it. But uh, you mentioned Zemeckis, and you're right, Zemeckis is, is hit or miss. Uh, but I think to to kind of you're right, he's really charming. 
And uh, I mean, I think Zemeckis, and I think all the way back to like Back to the Future is my go-to for him. And I mean, I just he's hit or miss, and I I think he has the capacity to make this a real big hit. Uh, so, some other things that kind of really make me interested in this though is that it's a uh, I think this is really really brilliant actually. Uh, Guillermo del Toro was a was a screenwriter on this, and like that's perfect. Mm. Like that's a really a really great thing um, that, that I think is going to be pretty exciting. And so um, yeah, 100%. I'm really excited about that. Apparently he wanted it to be a stop motion picture, cool. which I'm totally here for. I think that would have been a lot better, but Guillermo del Toro is so good at creature features. He's so good at the practical effects and the really emphasizing the strange horror of certain, you know, otherworldly creatures. So that's why when I read that, I was like, Oh yeah, he knows what he's doing. Um, but I agree, like, stop motion would have been awesome. Can you imagine the transformation of the witch in stop motion? Like, I'm, I'm picturing it in my head now. I would love to see this in, like, the Corpse Bride or Nightmare Before Christmas style. Um, kind of that particular type of stop motion, mm. I think, would be excellent. I think that would really fit the vibe of the book and and can do some really creative things with art. I, I think that would be excellent. Mm. Have you seen the 1990 version, the one with Angelica Houston? Yes, many times. Okay, I've only seen it once. They showed it to us in, I think, middle school, where we, I think, at least were supposed to read the book, and mm. I maybe did, maybe didn't, I don't know. <laughs> I usually didn't read the books, but yeah, they showed it to us in class one time, and I, I don't remember anything. I, I remember thinking, like, okay, it's fine. Uh, the other thing about this uh, that I think is really positive, and I mean, here's the thing, as we're talking about this, I think there's so many positives. that I, I, I'm going to go ahead and change my anticipation because uh, <laughs> there's more I'm discovering. Uh, I'm going to border of rent and matinee instead of mm-hmm. border of rent and streaming because the, there's a, so my big hang up is I, I think that the studio selling to HBO shows a lack of confidence in the movie. Not to say that HBO doesn't produce great content, but um, as opposed to just, if you have gold, you you keep it. And you and you wait to to figure it out. I, I mean, that's not always gonna be the case necessarily. I mean, we were talking about the Trial of Chicago Seven last week with Brandon. We're talking about, or we talked about several other movies that have gone straight to streaming. And I mean, some of them are Artemis Fowl, and some of them are not. So uh, <laughs> that worries me a little bit, as well as I don't think the CGI in this movie looks particularly good. Um, it, it looks borderline bad. And that's one thing that just is going to throw me out of a movie if they're going to try to be CGI heavy, but if it's not good. Yeah, it, it, that, that's one of the big things. But it, it, I want to go back to the positives here because that's really only my biggest knocks is I don't think the studio is necessarily confident and the CGI is bad. But uh, Kenya Barris is the other screenplay writer on this. And this is, uh, I had hints of this in the trailer. I, I was hoping this is where they were going to go. And I think that the the movie and the book both do this as well. But I really think this is going to have a lot of social class undertones, specifically with the African-American population. And uh, Kenya Barris is writing on this as well. And she is, um, she created Blackish. And oh. she created mixed-ish and grown-ish. So, yeah, I think I think that that is definitely going to be prominent. I think they probably picked her to help with the role specifically for that, um, to help write the screenplay, specifically to help with the social class tension and all that. And so that definitely raises, raises the bar for me. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think it also helps because I think Blackish and mixed-ish, they all have that really interesting sort of like quirky humor with that dramatic undertone that I think is going to work really well for uh, this movie. So that's something I'm I'm definitely looking forward to. I agree with the CGI. I'm really hoping they do practical effects because it just always looks, it always looks better if it's practical than if they go for a cheaper crap CGI. 
So, I mean, that's why the one from 1990 still holds up today because it's all practical effects. Uh, so, you know, if, it's, if it looks real, it's going to continue to look real. If you try to make it smooth with the CGI in five years from now or even a year from now, or even when we watch it, it's just going to be such uncanny valley and just a bit crap to look at. So I really don't, I really hope that they don't go down that path and that it's much more practical in its effects. Yeah. I totally get what you're com- where you're coming from. Do you have anything else to say about this? I think I'm tapped out. I mean, I know I kind of ranted for a hot second, but I'm pretty sure that taps me out of any thoughts I have about this movie. No, I think that that's pretty much a good sum up. I mean, there isn't really much else to talk about, given that everybody knows the story. Everybody kind of re- remembers the old one. And then it's just going to be like, does it hold up to it? And does it do it better? That's kind of the question. And we won't know until we watch it. That's right. I mean, I hope. Um, I mean, looking at this, the IMD, I don't, the the 6.8 for the first uh the 1990 witches and i think this is this is enough time that a remake is okay i mean 30 Mm -hmm. years later i think is fine yeah Uh, is this movie essential no but can this movie say some really important things is it a tale that maybe can can do something excellent with the source material yes Uh, i think it has that potential i'm kind of surprised they didn't try selling this to to disney though because this is rated pg and uh like instead of hbo max like this this is like this seems tone wise that might be able to like show this to you know, mm. if you had kids. I, I I'm I'm kind of surprised they went HBO. You know, if this was going to be like a more dark or gritty one, then I could I could see HBO. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it kind of surprised me they didn't go with uh, with Disney Plus or I mean maybe even Netflix or I mean Amazon also has some fairly kid friendly stuff. So it's it's kind of shocking they went there, but. It'll definitely be interesting to see. And the thing is, it's still coming out in cinemas here in Australia. So it must be still coming out in cinemas uh, across a lot of the world. So I'm wondering if maybe they just wanted to do HBO Max sort of in America and then still do the theatrical release everywhere else. Maybe. I mean, and this might get a pretty decent uh, international box office. You know, and maybe they're just thinking at this point, if we just release it worldwide and we can get some international and we can get the big contract for HBO Max in the U.S., then that would be that would be helpful. Um, mm. I don't know their marketing strategy because I'm not I'm not on the team. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't work in Hollywood. Yeah, <laughs> never have. OK, well, very good. Uh, that's that's kind of there. I, I'm, I'm happy we talked about this, though, because this is the, this, I mean, this is the thing, too. We get to discover more of the movie. I, I get to find out I, because this is coming to HBO. I'm probably going to watch it relatively quickly. And this is kind of the season to watch something like this. So uh, I'm, I'm probably going to go ahead and uh, and give this a shot. But like I said, if this were going to be a theatrical release, I don't think I'd be getting to the theaters to see it. Uh, but because it's just going to a streaming service that I do pay for, I'm, I'm probably going to check it out. You know, relatively soon. I'm I'm sure my this this might be something my, my wife would be really interested in watching with me too. Mm. I mean, that's always a plus. Yeah, so. definitely. Awesome. Well, hey, you ready to talk about some TV? I'm so ready. Okay, I've been so ready for this too because what you guys don't know is so I send out show notes to each of our writers. You probably did know that, uh, and then I said, like, here you can fill in your stuff that you know you want to make sure we talk about on the show, and that way you know. We can we can make sure that we hit everything that we want to talk about. It's not like you know, three days later, you're like, how did I not talk about that show? And so I give show notes about a month in advance. And Alice, the day that I sent her the notes, literally filled this. Normally, the show notes are like three, maybe four pages. I have three pages of just the TV shows that Alice watches. So <laughs> I'm, 
this is going to be a really fun one. And um, and so let's just dive right into that. Alice, uh, I pay for Hulu, HBO, Amazon, Netflix, and Disney Plus. And I know that we talked a little bit about the differences in streaming services the last mm-hmm. time we were you on. Uh, tell us a little bit about just the services that you have access to. Yeah, no worries. So basically, um, in terms of what I pay for, the ones that you know about, uh, we got Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, and Stan. So Stan is the Australian version. It's it's an Australian streaming service, and it has what you would have on um, Hulu. It has a lot of NBC and CW shows as well. Um, And then I also have access to Foxtel uh, here in Australia, which is equivalent to kind of a HBO FX Showtime. So those shows are on Foxtel. And then what I also have uh, that's available for me to view for free is SBS On Demand and ABC iView, which are kind of like our national broadcasting services. And they have access to shows that are generally on Hulu and NBC. And then ABC iView I use for BBC TV shows. Um, And then I have just your general sort of like free-to-air television, which has your reality shows that, you know, I tend to watch as well. Okay. Cool. And uh, let's let's say let's say all of a sudden you have a sudden budget crisis and you can only keep one. What's the one that you're keeping? Probably Netflix. It's the one that definitely I have the most value from. I think I watch most of the shows I watch that originate on a streaming service. I watch on Netflix, and then I also think it has probably the best collection of movies as well. Man, I, that Australian content must be very different than than the U.S. because. Man, Netflix does not have much good besides their originals, in my opinion, um, or at least that you can't also get elsewhere. Okay, that's 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 interesting to note. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit about some of the things that uh, that you watch. Then, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and go first, just because uh, this is this is going to be uh, pretty pretty short for me. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I I did pick up the Clone Wars again. I, I went to season three because I skipped season two because uh, everybody told me just skip to where Dave Filoni takes over. And yes. If you are going to watch the Clone Wars, watch um, just just skip straight into season three, episode like eight, and just go from there. Just understand that Ahsoka's Anakin's Padwan, and you're good. The rest doesn't matter. So, oh, and then there's a uh, Ventress who is Count Dooku's apprentice. That's all you need to know. <laughs> um, so, I, I I have been watching that. I got all the way to the end of season three, and I'm skipping the first couple episodes of season four. What I decided I'm going to do is I really want to like this show. But when this show is very hit or miss, and when it hits, it really hits, and when it misses, it really misses. And so I am just going by the IMDb ratings, and I'm just going to watch the episodes that have a higher than a 7.5 rating and just not worry about the rest. Fair so, enough. Uh, so that's what I'm going to be doing, except for season seven. I'm going to watch all of season seven, or, or the seasons that are like 13 episodes. I think six might be also short. Uh, but I'm definitely going to watch all of season seven, even though I know some of those have, have some pretty low ratings. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to check that that out. So I did I did watch that and I did finally get around to finishing Preacher. I know it's been a while, but I did finish Preacher. I really love this show. Um, so good. This, this, the series finale was uh, a little lackluster, in my opinion. I think it did some interesting things. I just I think I wanted it to land a little bit better. I think the last five minutes are gold, though. Mm. It, it, it's excellent. And I think season two and three are the real sweet spot for the show. And I think that most of season three, four is really good. Season one and season four are really good as well. But I think uh, I think season two, are the, two and three are the sweet spots. So uh, I am definitely recommending Preacher. It's off the air. It's only four seasons. They're like 10 episodes each season. It's not long to get through, but uh, I, I, I really liked it. Um, I wish I loved the finale more. I just didn't. But it's, it's still good. It's still mm-hmm. a good finale. 
Uh, my wife and I have been watching the Batman in the animated series still. That's been good. We've gotten through probably 20 episodes since we last recorded. And I mean, she's liking it. I'm getting to introduce her to stories and characters like, uh, you know, the Mad Hatter and the Clock King. And, you know, this is her first exposure to the Flying Graysons. So the, uh, this show is just a delight. We're really loving that. And, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna take a break here and let you talk about a couple. Okay, yeah, no worries. So in terms of what I'm watching right now, um, so I have a few shows that I've caught up on as in I've, like, never seen it before. Um, and I, we've, me and my partner have watched the entire series. So one of that those was actually Firefly. Um, as a huge I was Joss so Whedon. excited when I saw you wrote that. Yeah, so... I love as, Firefly. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. I knew I'd probably love it if I'd seen it. And the thing is, I am a huge Joss Whedon fan. I've seen everything he does. Um, as you'll, you know, spoiler alert for later on in the episode, but one of his shows are my favorite of all time. And everyone was always like, <gasps> you got to watch Firefly. you got to watch Firefly. And I was like, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then finally we did. I bought the whole series on Apple TV and we just watched the whole thing in the correct order because that's another thing. It's in like all these sorts of orders all over the internet. So I found the correct order and we watched it in that uh, that one and loved it. It was great. I have to say I wasn't as big of a fan after the first episode because I'm not a huge fan of Westerns. So it was very okay. heavy in the Western in parts of the first episode. And I was a bit like, oh, God. But the character development and the, you know, the sort, the episodic stories definitely won me over. And by the end, I was I was on board. So then, so there was I that. totally agree. I think the first episode is good, um, but the rest of the series is great. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think what, what that show has and what a lot of Joss Whedon shows have is that the character development is unpar. Like, it, it's it's just unparalleled I should say it's so good that you fall in love with them and Jane ended up being my favorite by the end because he's just so dumb but so funny <laughs> I loved him and then in terms of what I, else- I kind of really like Shepard I I, have oh, a, yeah? I made a customized poster it's very much high school just got access to a computer kind of good uh but I, I did that and it's it, my my favorite line from any tv series ever but that's the uh where like shepherd picks up a gun and you realize that he's just a boss and uh and he says like preacher doesn't the bible have to say some things about killing it says it says nothing about kneecaps like <laughs> yeah. that's the best line ever that is good no it is good and yeah just the whole cast is great and they, the chemistry is really great so i really enjoyed it um, in terms of other shows I started and finished for the first time, there was one called Upstart Crow. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it. You've probably heard of Black nope. Adder um, with Rowan Atkinson. And Have you heard of Black Adder? I haven't, but that, I'm not speaking for all Americans. <laughs> okay, well, if you have, you'll know. Basically, it's a show made by the same person who's made like Black Adder and Thin Blue Line, which are these, it's a British comedy show. And so Upstart Crow is uh, along the same lines as that, and it's uh, by the same creator. And what it is, is it's a humorous look into the life of Shakespeare, but in the fun, like, okay. British comedy way. So you've got his family at home. It's in Stratford-upon-Avon, and then he, you've got the rooms he rents in, London, in the London city. And it's just really great. Like, it's very British humour, very funny, very cutting. And also, because it's British, there's only, like, six episodes a season, and there's, like, three seasons total. So it's really easy to smash out. Um, but I, me and my partner watched it and there's so many moments where we just laughed out loud. Um, someone you'll actually recognize from the show is, uh, Yara Greyjoy from Game of Thrones is in it and she plays the main character. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, she plays the oh, main character okay. and her whole character arc is really great because she wants to be an actress or an actor rather, but she's a girl. And so the whole um, show, because back then women weren't allowed to act, um, the whole show, she's like, I want to be an actress. I could be great. And they're like, well, what are you being silly about? You, women can't act. Everybody knows that it that men are the best at acting as women. And so it's just this running joke throughout the show um, that's just really great. Highly recommend, especially if you're into British TV and British humour, you'll definitely enjoy it. Um, and then in terms of other things I'm watching that I have finished, I banged through, you know, Lucifer and 1015 uh, pretty quickly once the new seasons of those came out. Loved them. Okay. Um, and then I also have just recently finished The Boys. Oh my goodness, the new yes, season. Yes, me too. Do you, did you like this season? I did. I actually think I liked it more than last season. Okay, I liked this season. I okay. loved season one. Um, I appreciate though how they were they were different seasons. Um, it 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 wasn't just more of the same. Mm. Um, I think this was a very you know, fodder for potentially just being more of the same and I just I I didn't get that feeling although I I don't know that there was many moments that really wowed me except for the end of I think the second to the last episode in the courtroom right that wowed me yeah I like this liked this show I love the first season I think the second season is 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 really good I'm definitely going to keep watching uh, it's one yeah. of, it's one that I I really love yeah yeah no I I actually really loved the second season um, I'm always tend to be more of a fan of shows once they really find their groove. And I tend to find that they, that happens from the second season because they're done with the introductions. They're done with the initial character, you know, uh, yeah, character introductions and character developments. So and then they can really get into the nitty gritty from season two. And I just love the development of like Mother's Milk, but also um, the, the Frenchman and uh, Kimiko. Oh, they're, yeah, yeah, Frenchie. Yeah. And, and Kimiko, their relationship, oh my god, I loved how that developed throughout the season. I'll tell you, my my new favorite character in the show is Maeve. I love the arc that they brought her through. Because mm. uh, you can kind of see from the pilot that she's kind of wrestling with some things internally and she doesn't really yep. believe in what she's doing. And she just kind of stays that way for all of season one. But season two kind of really shows uh, the degradation of that. And to the point that near the end of of the season there was just several moments where i'm like yes girl get it and and i was i was so rooting for her i i think i think that she is is the best part of the show right now and i and i really like huey and starlight as well mm. um and uh and i liked and i liked butcher's story arc in this uh in this season i thought i thought the addition of becca was uh was a really interesting again gave us a different look at butcher because he was just a kind of soulless vengeance driven yeah. person in the first season and you kind of saw him wrestle with some things and prioritize some things. I, I yeah. But yeah, I, I really, I really think Maeve was the all star. Yeah, I also have to say, Homelander is so fun to watch every time he's on screen. Like he is doing some great work, the actor, and it's really weird how it still makes me kind of feel bad for him at times. And so I'm like, but I know that he's pure evil, and so. <laughs> that's why it's such a great show because these characters are not one dimensional. They're not just, you know, evil or good or, you know, something very obvious. They're all multi-dimensional. They're all so interesting to peel back the layers from and learn more about them. So I'm very, very keen for season three. Good. Yeah, me too. 
did you want to go back? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to talk about a couple because I know there's a couple that we overlap on here. Um, I, I'm, I'm doing my rewatch mm -hmm. of of Scrubs as well, and I was about at season four the last time we recorded, and uh, I, I, I am at the end of season six now. Um, I'm getting close to the end because seasons one through six are all 22 to 24 episodes, and then seven is 11, and then eight is I think 13. So I'm getting close to the end, uh, and and like my heart is a little bit like I'm not ready for for this rewatch to end. Uh, I, I am going to go ahead and do season nine again this time. I just don't, I just don't think I will ever in the future, maybe kind of do that, but I but probably been 10 years since I've seen the show and I, and I'm just interested to see if almost like that first season of Parks and Rec, like if you understand kind of, it's not great, then maybe you can at least find a little bit of enjoyment in it. So, uh, I, I love Scrubs. There are some really good episodes in this, um, because this in the, in the episodes that I've watched are the episodes where, uh, where Jill Tracy makes her final return and uh, and they realize that she is attempting suicide again or she's wanting to. She's having depression. The the, the subsequent episode uh, where Dr. Cox goes again into a very emotional depression and JD has to be the one to bring him out of it is is fantastic. And the, the episode where a beloved nurse passes away uh, is in this arc that I've been watching. And uh, there are some really A-plus episodes in this arc. I love I love this show so much. Kind of kind of similarly, I've been uh, I've been rewatching uh, the Simpsons uh, Treehouse of Horror specials, like exclusively those, because we're kind of in mm -hmm. the area. So it, and it's good. Like I'll just watch one on my lunch break, uh, or like while I'm eating lunch, or like I've been I've started yeah. to go to the gym, and so I just download them, and maybe we'll watch it um, while I'm at the gym because that's something easy to do. And man, these, these Treehouse 4 episodes are so good. I think the sixth one is maybe the best. It's excellent. That's the one where it has the Shining ripoff and uh, the, the Nightmare on Elm Street ripoff and the one where Homer uh, uses the toaster as a time machine and they kind of do a butterfly effect. Yeah. That, that episode is just perfect. All three of those are, are excellent. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, and, uh, and we'll use this as a transition point. Um, because I I talked about it last time and I had only seen the first episode, but Raised by Wolves, um, I had only seen the first episode and I have watched a little bit more. But and I had mentioned that I loved the first episode, but I just think episode two and three are just okay. I just don't think I'm going to continue the show. And I see here you you've finished Alice. I asked I asked Dicer on Twitter and he said he's happy he finished it and is very excited for season two. And so he would recommend that I go ahead and just give it a shot and and finish it. I mean. I'm just kind of not invested at all in this show anymore. I, I don't know that I want to keep going, but mm. sh I mean, is it worth it? Should I, should I finish out the season? This is what I would say about Race by Wolves. I think that the concept stays there pretty much through the whole show. It's I'm a huge concept fan, so that was something that had me at the beginning and kept me going. I agree with you about episodes two and three. Um, they, they weren't my favorite, but it does get stronger as the show goes on. I'm also really happy I finished it. What I will say is that I think that the last couple episodes are amazing, bar the last one itself. Uh, the last one itself is fine, um, but it raises way more questions than it answers, not necessarily in the way that you would want it to, but um, I am very interested to see where season two goes. I would definitely keep with it. It is a show that does pay off quite a lot in character and in story. Plus, you know, the the acting is just insane. The, the world building is just insane. So I highly recommend you continue with it. Just 
the last episode doesn't quite land on its feet, but I'm willing to to see what they do with season two to see how it plays out. Okay. Yeah, I checked the IMDb ratings just to kind of see like if I re- if it was really going to be worth me, you know, continuing along with it. And the the last one is significantly lower than the rest of them. But uh, people overall still really like the show. I th- I think and uh, you know it's only eight episodes. So sure, I'll go I'll, I'll go ahead and finish the season because if you if you and Dice are the only two people I've ever asked both say yeah keep going then uh, sure i'll keep going mm. I, have to... I love the theme okay the, the theme song I, I love that song i had it in my head the entire time i was watching it like in between episodes and stuff and it's just that always just got me excited at the start of every episode so yeah definitely continue <laughs> okay well i have three more so how about you finish out the ones that are new to you and then we'll uh, and then i'll do mine and you can do the ones you're rewatching. No worries. So in terms of what's new to me, I also completely binged uh, Teenage Bounty Hunters. Really, really enjoyed it. It was just a fun show. Uh, it's on Netflix, Netflix original series. Just a fun show about these twins that end up accidentally kind of falling into bounty hunting as their part-time job. And it's just, yeah, really fun kind of comedy, but with some really interesting dramatic turns and plot points. I highly recommend for anyone there um, in terms of what else I'm watching? SNL, the new season has started up, so I'm watching that. I've watched the first two episodes as they've come out. Um, the Graham Norton show, same with that. And then I am watching, so I'm an anime fan, uh, but very specific in terms of the animes I watch, and one of them is Fruit Basket. I don't know if you've heard of it, Aaron, or anyone. I, no. um, I have not heard of nearly everything on your list. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm excited to explain if you have, if you have questions. Well, well I, I take that back. Fruit, so far, Fruit Basket and Upstart Crow. Yeah. Well, I said not, not nearly everything. Oh, and the Teenage okay. Bounty Hunters I never heard of. Yeah, well, and I've only heard of, I don't know anything about Pen15, so. Oh, yeah, Pen15, if you like Lonely Island, you, you'll like Pen15. They produced oh, it. Oh, Lonely Island. Yeah, so they produced it. They're not in it, but they produced it. But it's okay, the same you, sort you of can, like... you convinced me. That's all I yeah, needed. <laughs> that's all I needed, too. I just found out they were producing it, and I was like, yep, that's me done. But it's pretty much, it's really great. It's a show about two girls as they go through middle school, except that they're played by the writers who are 30-year-old women. So it's like these two 30-year-old women pretending to be 13-year-olds while they're surrounded by actual 13-year-olds, um, just going through middle school and all the awkwardness that happens. And it's so, oh, it hits me right here, you know? It's exactly what I went through. It's universal, highly recommend. Um, but in terms of Fruit okay. Basket, it's, <laughs> it's an anime. It's so lovely. It's my very favorite manga of all time. I read it when I was 14 been obsessed with it ever since and they are making it into a proper anime now and I've been watching the dubs as they come out um, they've been a bit delayed because of COVID but they are still coming out and it's just a really beautiful story it's pretty much just about this girl who has lost um, she's an orphan now she's 16 she's an orphan and she's just kind of living on her own and she stumbles into this family um, and two of the boys in there go to her same school and basically they are cursed uh, and their their whole family is cursed with the Zodiac. So, you know, the Chinese Zodiac. Basically what that means is that there are 12 or 13 members of the family that are cursed and they represent each member of the Zodiac. And so that comes with a lot of different elements. So, for example, if they get hugged by a member of the opposite sex, they will turn into that animal. So there's that. But then also there's this... Um, it's a lot about family honor and class and, and about okay. duty. 
And it's really, really beautiful. Honestly, I end up crying maybe every second episode because it's just so beautiful. And you've just got this normal girl who stumbles into it. Um, and then another main character who's part of the Zodiac is the cat, who's technically not a Zodiac animal uh, in real life. But in the show, it's essentially like the cat is part of the Zodiac, but it's been rejected. And so the family member who is the cat also gets rejected as a result of that. And so it's really interesting, the themes it plays upon and the stories it tells. And uh, it's just lovely and it's beautiful. And I highly recommend if you're an anime fan to check it out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then again, the other stuff I'm watching uh, in terms of just Australian reality TV, I'm watching The Bachelorette as the episodes Obviously. come out in Australia. Um, I It's trash. It's stupid. But, you know, I keep <laughs> going back to it every single episode. Hey, hey, hey love what you love. Unashamedly yeah. love what you love. Exactly. Like, I recognize it, but I still enjoy it. Uh, mostly just for the, the cocktail parties. The dates bore me to death, but, you know, you move on. <laughs> and um, then I'm also watching Gogglebox, uh, with, uh, the new season of that in Australia, which I always just like because I don't really watch a lot of, like, free-to-air television because it's generally not that great. So it's a really great way for me to see what is on free-to-air television, but also just have a good laugh as well. So it's just, a, again... Just that fun, brainless entertainment that everybody needs. Sure. Uh, did, so, okay. did you want to go with your rewatch? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me go. Or let me go with the last, the last three that I have. Um, yeah. Similar to Raised by Wolves, I only got to the next episode of Love, Lovecraft Country. I really enjoyed it. I'm definitely going to be continuing this show, um, which um, was not a doubt anyway. I, I think some of the weird alien Lovecraftian type of things are maybe not quite my my cup of tea. I'm not typically mm -hmm. like a like a a freak flick kind of guy. Uh, I'm I'm typically not like a horror type of person or just even weird alien kind of things person. Yeah. Uh, but I I really enjoy the show. I love the the themes that it's bringing out. I think that the I want to root for the characters. I I think this show is very interesting at the very least. Mm. Uh, it's unlike anything that's currently on TV. And at the very least there's that. Um, so I, I'm in, I'm enjoying it. I don't I don't know that I like super love it and saying like yeah please go out and see it just yet. But uh, but I, I should have this finished by the next time that we record uh, on TV. So that's that's that. Mm -hmm. I just want to mention that. Uh, also on HBO Max, I watched the South Park pandemic special, <laughs> and I laughed so much in that. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't typically watch South Park, but I, I definitely wanted to check this out, and I thought it was super funny uh, especially uh, one joke i i laughed for for not even kidding probably like 45 seconds at and uh and it's when uh one of the kids in the so have you seen this alice no no okay there's a scene where the uh all the teachers quit because they don't want to be going to school with, with the pandemic and so they hire the police force because they're like well the police <laughs> don't have jobs anymore so the police are going to be our teachers Oh, and no. so they get the cops to teach the kids in the class, and uh, uh, and then I think Butters like coughs once, and they're like, "Look out, get him!" And you just see the cops start shooting like fifty times, and <laughs> and then eventually, and like none of the bullets hit any of the kids except the very last bullet hits Token in the arm, <laughs> and you hear the cops just go, "Got him!" And I just laughed so hard because like I think he, I mean it's there, there's truth in every form of comedy and. And I just thought that was a really good uh, just comedic take at uh, 
at something that's a very real issue in American society today. I I, mm. I laughed really, really, really hard at that. Um, but the whole special, I think, was was really, really, really good. And then while I've been at the gym, I've been watching uh, Quiz. I I bought this because I couldn't. I didn't really know where it was to find. It's only like a dollar an episode. There's only three episodes. This is uh, on BBC. Was on BBC, and it's a. Uh, it's. I, I thought it was. Uh, Dicer recommended this on Sifpop Proper once. Um, I thought this was uh, about the 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 game show cheating that went on that the movie Quiz Show is based off of. Uh, but yeah. this is about uh, the the trial of one of the people that were initially won the original Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in mm. the UK, and uh, it's a reenactment. It's not a documentary. Uh, and sometimes that works really well, and sometimes it doesn't. I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I didn't love it, but I really liked it. And uh, it, it's interesting, to say the least. So, mm. um, Oh, that's, that's the one that's with, all I got. That's the one with Michael Sheen and Matthew McFadden, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing, yep. um, I think Michael Sheen was on Graham Norton to promote it. And I remember seeing clips and being vaguely interested in it. Yeah. Um, it, it's only three episodes. They're each not quite 50 minutes. Um, mm. it, it's good. Matthew McFadden, uh, I don't know, I don't think it's, um, oh yeah, Michael Sheen is in there, I just never yeah. recognized he's him. he's the host, yeah. And, uh, oh, he's in enough makeup, now, I t- it totally yeah. makes sense now, he's in, he's in enough makeup, I was wondering who it was, and I recognize um, Michael Gibson, he's in The Beauty and the Beast as the Tavern Keeper, he's the foreman, oh, and his, he, nice. he's Lieutenant Hutton in 1917, I, I think I primarily rem- remember him from uh, The Bank Job, which is oh, a yeah. little 2008 that. movie that's kind of actually really great um but yeah that's all i got of what i've what i've kind of been watching since the last time we recorded so um mm-hmm. yeah why don't you go ahead and go your rewatches yeah so in terms of rewatching, um there are really three shows and they two of them are definitely nostalgia and one of them is uh again spoiler alert but it's one of my favorite of all time um so in terms of the nostalgia what i've been doing is every saturday morning my partner and a a friend and I, we go to our local park and we work out. And then, you know, what we'll do is uh, my partner and I will come back and we'll have our Saturday morning cartoons. And what they're made up of is we watch one episode of his favorite anime from a kid and one episode of my favorite anime from a kid, uh, as a kid. And they are Yu-Gi-Oh! and Sailor Moon. I'm sure you can guess which is which. Um, so we've been just because uh, all of Yu-Gi-Oh is on Amazon Prime so we've just been putting one episode on of that and then I have every episode of Sailor Moon on DVD so we've just been into like interlocking those and then watching one and one each Saturday and it is a blast from the past it is so much fun but oh my god they're so stupid <laughs> some moments so it's been really fun to watch it with adult eyes and be like wow that's that's what I watched and loved so much as a kid. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, so uh, we've been rewatching that. And then, so after we finished Firefly, uh, because that was also partly because my partner is such a big fan of it and he's like, we have to watch it. And I was like, okay, okay. And then when we finished it, I'm like, okay, now we, I have to show you Buffy. You cannot show me Firefly and then not let me show you Buffy, which is the quintessential Joss Whedon. So we have been re-watching the entire series. Um, we're up to season four of Buffy right now, which means we're also starting season one of Angel, uh, the spin-off series. And because they also, you know, we've been doing one episode and one episode in terms of release order as well, so that the stories intertwine. Um, and oh my God, I haven't watched it in a couple of years, but 
it is, I, I always love watching it. I knew I was going to love watching it this time around. But what I'm really enjoying is the fact that my partner really loves it. And normally it's a bit of a, you know, struggle to try and get him into shows sometimes, but he is a huge fan and I'm loving how much he's into it. And oh my God, Buffy's amazing. That's all I have to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I won't spoil anything, but oh, it's good. If you haven't seen it, first of all, what are you doing? And second of all, do it now. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely talk about it in a little bit. Um, okay, Alice, we are... Uh... Man, if we talk about every single show that we watch, this this is gonna take a while. So, so here's here's the way I think it's gonna be the best. You literally have three pages of shows that you watch on a, on a regular basis. So, there's a new episode out. I gotta watch it, and so I want you to get a chance to say them all. Partly because I want people to believe what I'm seeing in front of my eyes, and <laughs> that's part of it. The other part of it is uh, is I do want you to explain the things that you really enjoy. Yeah, uh, this is crazy, and you know maybe you'll get a chance to come on again and we'll talk, you know, talk about some more in depth but what i think is going to be the best i would like you to very you know relatively slowly go through and list every show that you're watching and i'm going to ask you about a couple of them to say why yep. i should consider watching them if that sounds good that sounds and then exactly I'll do what i was thinking because i have yep. significantly less yeah. <laughs> okay are you ready aaron uh, i am ready Okay, so I'm gonna just stop me when you have when you want to ask about it. So oh, you go going, through all of it. You go through all of it. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. All right, let's do it then. Um, so these are in relative alphabetical order, relative I say. And so yes, these are all shows that when the new episodes come out, I watch them. I watch a lot. Don't be shocked. This is this is my life. So here we go. Afterlife, amazing stories, American crime story, American gods, American horror story. Atypical, The Bachelor and The Bachelorette Australia, Barry, Sailor Moon Crystal, Black Mirror, The Boys, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Carnival Row, Chia, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, that Cosmos. That was cancelled. There's another season coming. Okay. So I've only included shows that either, um, even if they've been cancelled, there is another season coming or they have been renewed. So I will also Okay, I did that. not know. Sorry. No, it's all good. I, <laughs> Don't you I, question I, I me. <laughs> I was trying to be the bearer of bad news, but it didn't work. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Cosmos, The Crown, Cursed, if it's renewed, Death in Paradise, A Discovery of Witches, Disenchantment, Doctor Who, and then here in Australia we have uh, Whovians, uh, which is kind of like a talking about the show after it's aired sort of TV show. Emily in Paris, I've actually, that came out. I have already binged the entire thing. It's trash, but I loved it. Highly, I recommend <laughs> it if that's what you're into. Um, Encore, End of the World, uh, Fruit Basket, as I mentioned, Genius, Get Shorty, Gogglebox Australia, The Good Doctor, Grace and Frankie, The Graham Norton Show, The Great, The Handmaid's Tale, High School Musical, The Musical, The Series, His Dark Materials, Hunters, Living With Yourself, Lock and Key, Love Life, Love, Death and Robots, Lucifer, Mind Hunter, Making It, The Mandalorian, Medici, Masters of Florence, Modern Love, The Morning Show, Mythic Quest, Raven's Banquet, Never Have I Ever, The Orville, Outlander, Pen15, Pick of the Litter, The Politician, Raised by Wolves, Riverdale, Room 104, SNL, Shameless, Sherlock, 
season five can still happen. I believe in it. It no, can I, still happen. I am hoping. I believe it can happen. I'm hoping. <laughs> it's technically not cancelled. Um, Snowpiercer, Space Force, Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Picard, Stranger Things, Sword Art Online, Taboo, Talking About Your Generation. That's a game show here in Australia. Teenage Bounty okay. Hunters, The Umbrella Academy, Upload, Warrior Nun, Wellington Paranormal, Westworld, What We Do in the Shadows, The Witcher, and you. Alice, take a guess. How many how many shows did you just list off? I have no idea because I just haven't. I just counted while you were listening. Okay. How, um, okay. Maybe like ninety. That's very close. That that was seventy nine shows that you watch. <laughs> and that's only a thing still currently airing. That's not even counting the stuff that's you know finished or cancelled right. or only had one season. Right. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I'm. I, I've got five for you that I would just like to say these. These are five that I have at some point considered picking up, uh, mm-hmm. but for one reason or another, just haven't. Um, I'm kind of on the fence about all five of these. And just tell me whether I should, and uh, and, and maybe why I should. You know, in, in like a tweet length. And so mm-hmm. um, we're y'all here in in your alphabetical order. So his dark materials. Oh yes, pick it up right now. Like <laughs> watch the entire season. Get ready for season two. Um, I own the book. I haven't read it yet. However, the first season is everything the movie should have been. It's just magical. It's dark. It's so great in its storytelling. It's, yeah, highly, highly, highly recommend. Okay. Uh, the Orville. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> okay. So, the thing is, the first episode is not that great, and the second episode's not that great. You just got to power through those. But around. Uh, pretty much kind of halfway through season one or from the third episode onwards, it is literally one of the most brilliant TV shows on television. Um, So (laughs) context about the show, actually, sorry, really quick, is that my partner's a huge old Star Trek fan um, and he's actually not a fan of the new Star Trek movies or the new Star Trek shows, but he loves the Orville because it makes him think of like Next Generation and those sort of shows. But every episode is so well written. It's so well done. It's a comedy, but there's some really great just drama and and themes. And, oh, my God, can you tell how much I'm gushing? You need to pick it up. Okay. I added it to my queue. Yeah. Uh, Room 104. Okay, so this one's weird. And I'm I'm sticking with it just because I am, like, morbid curiosity every season. Uh, The thing is, there are some episodes each season which are brilliant, and then some episodes each season which are just like, what the hell did I watch? I do recommend picking it up because... Yeah, I'm very interested because this is an episode by episode anthology. Although um, season four is supposed to be the last, so I don't know if season four is already aired or not. So that might be one of those that you may not have to keep up on anymore. Yeah, I think uh, so. it has aired in America, but it hasn't aired in Australia yet, so I haven't seen it. Got it. Uh, yet, but uh, yeah, I do recommend picking it up just because it is. I love anthologies. I'm a huge fan of them because I I love the whole idea of same theme, different story, and so. There will be a couple episodes in there that you aren't a fan of, but there are some that you're going to be like, that was so cool. And it's only half an hour. Like, it's, each episode's like 20-something minutes, so it's not at all a huge time commitment. Okay. Snowpiercer. So that one started off a bit meh, but then it really found its own towards the end of the season. Plus, David Diggs and uh, Jennifer Connelly are just fantastic. So if you're a fan of the movie um, but aren't, you know, don't, 
be in love with the story necessarily. Like it's a completely different story, but it's the same concept. Right. Um, right. But it's still really interesting, and the characters are great. I wanted to keep up with this when it first came on, but then after the first episode got such bad reviews, I was just, yeah, you know, from people that I respect, I was just like, eh, I took it off. I'll put it back on. Yeah, the, uh, the Umbrella Academy. Of- oh yes! Oh my goodness! I can't believe you haven't this seen is, it. This is one that I never got around to. Um, oh, it's so. it's great. So the first season again, you've got that whole first season. You've got that whole like introducing the characters, getting used to the story, which obviously is always a little bit slow. But I love loved emphasized on the love of the second season the music's great the characters are great um i actually wrote a review on sith pop for season two uh so you can get oh, nice. my full full opinion there but i really think it's one of the most interesting television shows airing right now so i would definitely recommend that you add that to your queue okay uh and the witcher uh, <laughs> i feel like i'm having the same reaction <laughs> to all of them um yes i I'm also a huge fan of that. It, the Witcher is great. I'm a huge fantasy nerd, so I was really itching for a great fantasy to add to my list. And when I watched it, I fell in love immediately. The fight choreography is great. Henry Cavill, like, this is the role for him. You know, not Superman, this was the role for him. And it's got that kind of, uh, like, sarcastic humor in it, which is really great, but really cool fantasy themes, and I'm really interested to see what happens in season, in season two. Okay. Uh, good. Excellent. Thank you for that. <laughs> no worries. Um, some of these we have that overlap. Uh, we both watch The Boys. We both watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. We both watch Barry. Those are all excellent shows. Uh, we both watch What We Do in the Shadows, which is maybe oh. the best comedy on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both watch Westworld, which I love. Uh, I think you had Black Mirror on there, didn't you? Yes, yes, of course. Yep, so Black Mirror on there as well. So here's the thing about my list for this. is just going to keep expanding every week because a lot of these just necessarily haven't come out recently. I forget to talk about them. And so uh, <laughs> I just kind of keep – I took a lot of these from you. Uh, Mindhunter, I keep up on that as well. Atypical is one of my favorite shows out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mandalorian, of course, uh, I'm just about to start rewatching that first season with my wife so we can keep up on season two together um and then i think a couple that you didn't have on there i really love f is for family i think that show that show is really funny i haven't seen season four yet i'm, I'm going to i mentioned curse films on a podcast uh, a couple a couple weeks ago this it's really good five-part series that i'm definitely going to be keeping up with um i also keep up with stranger things i know you mentioned that i feel like that's just a given <laughs> and uh and one that you have on your queue um, that I, I really love and try to keep up with this documentary now. That that show is excellent. It's really, really, really funny. Uh, the only ones I have here that you don't are, I keep up with uh, Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime. Talked about that with Frank a, a bit mm-hmm. a weeks ago. Uh, America's Got Talent, which I've talked about a lot. And uh, gosh, I... I, I, I love and hate this show at the same time because you have to watch it on a DVR where you can fast forward through the crap. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I'm totally just over Heidi Klum and I'm totally over um, Howie Mandel. <laughs> and I don't think Sofia Vergara is a very good judge. So the second half of the season really just kind of stunk. Uh, my ideal judge lineup would be Simon Cowell and then bring back Julianne Huff because she was a great judge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved when they had Melby on the show. Bring Melby back and, and get me just a – I don't. I don't care who the fourth judge is. Uh, just get me somebody else, except for Howie. Uh, yeah. So he's so annoying. I freaking hate him. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, last week tonight with John Oliver is uh, is one that I definitely make sure to keep up with. Uh, that that's a it, my favorite is when he just decides to pick on something. Uh, like he especially like he he picks a lot on AT and T and HBO, uh, which AT and T owns HBO, and so it's just he. I love how he like kind of there's that self. Uh, gosh, what's uh, deprecating when you make fun of yourself. That's, yeah, self-deprecating. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. And uh, the last one, which I'm definitely going to talk about more later, is Chef Show. That's on Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. That's uh, that's a good time. Awesome. So actually, uh, uh, also- just 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 quickly, if you really like what we do in the shadows, Aaron, you should watch Wellington Paranormal because okay, what it is is if you remember in the Where movie, can I find that? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. Here, I watch it on SBS On Demand, but I'm happy to look it up for America. I got it. You, you tell me about it. I'll do um, it. But if you remember the movie of what we do in the shadows, there's that bit where the two policemen come to, like, check out the house and they completely ignore, you know, all the dead yes. bodies and everything. So this is a show based on those two policemen. Like, it's literally those characters taken out of the show and they, with the head of the police department in Wellington, New Zealand, set up this paranormal unit and so every episode is them investigating a paranormal disturbance happening in New Zealand, but it's done with the, like, what we do in the shadows humour, and it's just so great because, so matter of fact, they're not, you know, overly shocked about anything. They're like, oh, that's, that's a bit weird. And then it's just the same humour. I really recommend you check it out. There's a couple seasons out at the moment, and it's so funny, every single episode. Okay, uh, it looks like no, it is not available to stream anywhere in the U.S. as far as I can see, but I think I'm you're able to buy it in the U.S. Okay, cool. Uh, I could be wrong, so there's a good chance I might just go ahead and buy it. Um, Definitely worth it. Trust every episode sold. Yeah, I'll have to do some research into that. Okay, I yep. got to talk about a show before we move on that I'm just so frustrated because I've been wanting to rewatch uh, because I watched it when it came on and it's been over 10 years. Uh, the show uh, went on for five seasons and ended at the writer's strike. It was renewed for a season six, I think, and then the writer's strike happened and they decided to just cancel um, and not give them that season six anymore. And so I, I just, which which is a bad way to end a show, but I, I, just, I remember really liking the show and I've been wanting to rewatch it for a while. It's just impossible to find and it frustrates me to no end because at this point, shows should not be hard to find. The only ways you can get your hands on the show is with the physical DVDs and it is not cheap to find them. We're talking like $100 each mm. season on eBay and it's, it's Wow. It sucks so bad, and I really want to rewatch the show. Uh, I hate that I can't. Uh, it frustrates me to no end, and it's probably not even a great show. Um, but uh, the show, the show is Las Vegas. It was on NBC uh, from like 2001 to 2006 or something mm. like that. It starred Josh Duhamel and uh, uh, Molly Sims, and James Caan was uh, was kind of the head. It was about a security team at a casino on the Vegas Strip, and uh, I, I just. I remember really liking the show, um, part, again, partly because my brother was watching it and a lot of the TV that I watched around the era was because my brother watched it and I you know, just watched it with him when we were growing up and I, I so desperately want to find it. And I hate it because like it's not available on Hulu. It's never been available on Hulu. It's not available on Netflix. It's never been available on Netflix. It's not available. Like it, nothing. And especially like it's an NBC property. Like freaking put it on Peacock. Like... <laughs> I'm so mad that I can't watch this dumb show. <laughs> oh, now you know my life, Aaron, as an Australian. <laughs> it's it's like I said, it's probably not even that great, but I just have a desire to watch it. But I can't. Mm. You can't unless you spend tons and tons of money on it. Yeah. 
Yeah. So if anybody listening <laughs> there has campaign. DVDs that they're just trying to clean out, you can send them to me. I'll pay you some, some okay money for them. <laughs> Oh, or no. or everybody, let's start a letter writing campaign to Peacock to get one show on there, just so I can satisfy my need for crap TV. Yeah. And like it, it's on, it's I think they still air reruns on TNT, but like that's so why I could mm. probably just record it on Hulu. But I don't want to, because <laughs> I don't want to just you know get into season. I want to watch it all in chronological order again. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. I understand your pain. Okay. All right, Alice, let's move on. What shows are on your queue? And let's stick to just shows that are currently available. I know you have some here that are, yeah, like, yes, I'm going to watch them when they come out. But for the sake of time, uh, let's talk about ones that are just available now. Okay. Okay, no worries then. I'll skip all the ones that are yet to come out. So in terms of what's on my queue, I want to finish Shit's Creek. I'm like two seasons in and I stopped because I, ran it, I didn't have time when I was watching it originally. Um, but I definitely want to finish it now. Succession, I have a friend of mine who's been bugging me to watch that show for a year now. So I, I really need to get into it. Apparently, it's really good. Uh, the Leftovers, that's just one of those ones that, you know, I've always been interested in, just never had the time. Haunting of Hill House, it's just, yeah, it, it looks amazing. I want to watch that in the new one eventually. Documentary Now, as you mentioned, uh, something I love, Phil Hader, love Fred Armisen, would probably love this. Humans, um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's got uh, Gemma Chan from like Crazy Rich Asians and some other stuff, but she plays a robot who moves in with this family to be like a servant, but I assume that there's something a bit, you know, ooh, something's not quite right, so I really want to watch that. Flesh and Bone is this, it's like a one-season show about like ballet and just about being a ballerina and it just looks really interesting. And then I have a few um, animes that are on my list and I will eventually get to. So one is Puella Magi Madoka Magica, uh, which is quite famous because it's one season, but quite dark. Toradora, How to Take Care of a Mummy and Assassination Classroom. So those are the ones on my queue for when I eventually have time after <laughs> all the other ones I watch. <laughs> okay. Well, Alice, you have a friend that's bugging you to watch the session. Uh, I can't speak to that because I haven't seen the session, but uh, I'm going to start to be that fr- friend that bugs you to watch HBO Watchmen because this it's, I've ranted and raved <laughs> about it here. It's so stinking good. And it's only eight episodes, nine episodes. Um, so like, it's not even, you know, it's a session is two seasons. Like you, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not even going to take you that long. It's like a, it's, it's yeah, so think- excellent. And I'm definitely talking about it later again. But. Yeah, yeah. No, it, yep. it was on my list. For some reason, my eyes just skipped it just then when I was going down it. But yeah, no, Watchmen. I've oh, heard everyone it. on every... No, uh, oh, did I? Okay. My I thought you did. Gone. <laughs> but it is on my list. Um, I've heard everyone rave about it. Uh, I haven't seen the movie. I have the graphic novel. I haven't seen the movie or read the graphic novel. So I wanted to do that before I got to the oh, TV okay. show. Yeah. You should do the graphic um, novel and then, because... Because the the show is a sequel to the novel, not the movie. Okay. So you should okay. read the graphic novel, watch the show, and then you can go back and watch the movie. Okay. Well, then that's good because that, I think the movie, I was like, oh, it's like three and a half hours. So that, that was holding me back. But I will definitely – look, that's probably next on my queue, if I'm being honest. Yes, you should, you should be familiar with the source material. 
um, before mm-hmm. before doing that. Okay, um, Alice, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna go through my queue uh, for my, yep. my the 60 minute shows. I'm there, and you're gonna pick something for me to watch. I still, I'm a, I'm now that I finished Preacher, Fargo is gonna be maybe the next thing I watch. Although because it's October, I think I'm gonna go ahead and dive into the Haunting of Hill House and the Haunting of Bly Manor. Yeah. Then I'll get to Fargo. Um, so very soon, I'm I'm gonna start diving into that. But Alice, what? When I finish Fargo, what should be the show that I finish next? What's one of those that you should just be like, please, please, please watch this? I think I know exactly what it's going to be, but um, <laughs> I, I have I have seasons five through seven on Agents of Shield, American Crime Story season two, Ash versus the Evil Dead, Big Little Lies, Boardwalk Empire, Broadchurch, Buffy, Castle Rock, Deadwood, <laughs> Devs, Doom Patrol, Euphoria, uh, From the Earth to the Moon, Gotham, Hannibal. I know this much is true. The Innocence Files, The Innocent Man, uh, The Lego Masters, Lost, Money Heist, Mr. Robot, um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, The Outsider, Ozark, Smallville, The Sopranos, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, Taboo, The Terminator Terracana Chronicles, Unbelievable, The West Wing, and Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Those are your (laughs) options. Tell me what I need to bump to the top of my list. Oh, no. There's like five. Okay. Oh, God. Which one? Which one's the best? All right. So there are quite a few in there where I was like, what? No, watch those now. But I would definitely say it's got to be between Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Buffy. I would say Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. next because you need to finish it. Just finish it. Just get it done. Finish it. Move on. (laughs) And then Buffy. Uh, Then Buffy. You then have to watch Buffy from the beginning through to the end. And I will add a caveat that you have to start watching Angel as well once you hit season four of Buffy. Fine. Okay. I I, I knew you were going to say Buffy because <laughs> you've been ranting and raving about it, but, uh, but Hey, this is probably a time that I, I'm going to have more free time in November, uh, mm-hmm. uh, December and January. So this is a good time that I can do it pretty much, pretty much from Thanksgiving to February. I have a very little work schedule. So this is, this will be a good time mm-hmm. that I can, can really dive into that. All right. So I, I'll, and I'll probably go ahead and finish Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before too, just because it's only three seasons can just finish it yeah. up. Uh, I really like that show. Okay, Whew. Alice, what's uh, what's your favorite movie of uh, favorite show of all time? I I've been very vocal that HBO Watchmen is mine, and uh, I've said enough about it. It's it's so important. It's so excellent. It's so good. The more I think about it, I, I'm really dying for a re- rewatch. Uh, even though it just came mm-hmm. came out not even a year ago, I'm just dying to rewatch it again. And it's, at some point, maybe when I finish up Scrubs or The Clone Wars, maybe uh, maybe I'll do it then. Yeah. So, if it hasn't been obvious, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is my favorite TV show of all time. Um, What's really funny is that I actually watched Angel first when I first got introduced. My mum and I saw it at the video store and we decided, and mum was like, oh, it's a great show, we should rent it. So I watched all of Angel and then I was like, well, I feel like I should watch Buffy to get context. And since then, I have been obsessed. I've watched it pretty much like every, if not every year, every two years. It's just one of the greatest TV shows ever to be written. If in terms of importance, you want to talk, talk about importance, it is a show that has definitely influenced pop culture as we know it today. Um, and it's just got so many great metaphors and themes throughout the entire thing. The characters develop. There are literally characters, but when you think about where they were, who they were when they began and who they end up being, you're like, oh my goodness, that's one of the greatest story arcs ever made and there's a few of those in there um that i won't spoil but it's so fantastic every episode even the ones that are considered like the bad episodes are entertaining so 
I know it, it is a bit of a commitment because there's seven seasons of Buffy and there's five seasons of Angel and each <laughs> each season except for the first season of Buffy is like 22, 21, 22 episodes. Um, but it, they're so good. Honestly, one of the best TV shows ever made and should never be remade, should never be touched. People should just watch it and just love it and move on. It's great. I've heard. All right. You're going you're gonna to finally get me to do it. Uh, you're finally getting me to pull the trigger. Especially like... <laughs> It's especially like a show that's like eight seasons long at this point. It's just such a commitment. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, mm. I'm trying to go with the whole like, you know, if I can knock out the little stuff, then I can eventually do it. But then like, then I'm never going to get around to the West Wing. And I, I really yeah. want Okay, yeah. Alice, what does one hot take you have for TV? Okay, so this is something I've noticed, uh, especially with a lot of new shows that have come out. I am over the reluctant chosen one motif in the first season of series so you know when there's like a chosen one they're like the one with the power or the one that's been chosen for the task and the first season is all about them being like i don't want to be the chosen one i don't want this power i don't want this responsibility i am so i don't want your future yeah i'm over it i'm over it it takes time it's boring we all know that they're going to accept their destiny by the end of the show um, the show that really like cinched this for me was Warrior Nun when I watched it on Netflix because it's great. Once she accepts her her destiny, it becomes amazing. But it's just, oh my god, we all know what's going to happen. It's so stupid. Just have them accept it. Have if you want, have your first episode be the struggle, and then just have them accept it because yeah, it, it's so boring, and I'm just over it. It's been done a bajillion times. Find a new angle. <laughs> Okay. I'm going to have a hot take for TV. Um, I think Chef Show is better than anything on Food Network. Um, Chef Show is excellent. Uh, and, and here and here's why. Uh, really, I don't watch a ton of Food Network. I love Food Network. But really, I, I, I only watch it if it's uh, – if Chopped is on, I try to watch Chopped. Uh, but not really Chopped Jr. Uh, Chopped Jr. is just a little bit – I don't know. It seems the, – the kids can be really creative sometimes. But I don't know. Something about watching kids in reality competitions just doesn't sit super right with me, especially the pressure that they're putting on these kids – just something feels not so great about it to me. Uh, so I, I only watch that every now and then I'll watch some beat Bobby Flay. Uh, and every now and then um, I get caught into watching diners, drive-ins and dives. And uh, man, I hate Guy Fieri. I really do. But I think that the show itself, I, I, I like the con- conceit of the show, but every episode of Dive- diners, drive-ins and dives is Guy Fieri being annoying. And then going to, like for his transitions and then driving to a place. And then they'll be like, yeah, so here, here's what we do. And then he, like, asks the questions that literally the person just answered. They're like, yeah, so then we make our homemade barbecue sauce. He's like, oh, oh, you make that homemade here? It's like, yeah, yeah, I just said that. <laughs> and, then, and then literally he shoves it in his mouth. He's like, oh, this is fantastic. It's like, yeah, tell me why it's fantastic. And, like, explain <laughs> to me why this is good. And explain, you know, like, and, and other than just, oh, this is Flavortown, yo. Like, nah. The, the jalapeno compliments this in a really way. This is a really interesting thing that I didn't think would work. Like, tell me that stuff. And that's why, that's why uh, I, I really like um, the, the judges on Chopped. They do that. They're like, they really pick apart every little, every little thing. And I really, I really love Chopped. Although, although watching it, it just, it's, it, it's, it's kind of a nightmare because the recaps, they're like, oh, you, like, if you, you could take that 40 minute episode and trim it down to 20, if you just get rid of the recaps and, and some of the like really awful 
um, things in the middle. And, like it's 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 kind of annoying to watch if you can't fast forward. And the um, Beat Bobby Flay is just not a great show. It's okay. It's not great. Uh, Chef Show is really good. Part of it is John Favreau's personality. Part of it is the celebrity guests that he gets. A lot of it is just they show you exactly how to make everything, and they're so detailed and intricate. And there's something very personal about that show. Chef Show is really, really, really good. Cool. I, I actually have been wanting to check it out, so I, I'll add it. I'll add it to my long queue. It, well, it's also it's also good because they'll release like six episodes at a time every every couple months. Like it's not like a here's a season and it's twenty two episodes and we'll come out with one next year. It's like all right, here's six episodes. In six weeks, we got six more coming, and in twelve weeks, we got mm-hmm. six more coming. So they'll release it in seasons, but by volumes, and that's I like that. Okay, <laughs> Alice, I think we've we've chatted quite a lot of TV. We have a <laughs> yep. We have a we have a question here. We're going to move on to the B plot. This is from Joseph. Joseph asks, "What song uh, from a movie or soundtrack has to be original? Never gets old." Joseph, when uh, when when this question came, I can immediately think of one. Um, and so, the, what what Alice and I are going to do is we're going to answer that one. But there are so so many that could qualify in this category. So I'm going to mention my definitive pick. Uh, well, actually, I'll let mm-hmm. you do it first. I'll give you, I'll give you first pick, Alice. I will mention my definitive pick, uh, and then uh, we'll just talk very, very, very briefly about the rest of these. So, Alice, what is the best original song? Okay, so I'm going to go with the song that when I'm looking at my list, it's the one that's immediately popped into my head, and I will not get out for the rest of the day. That is Moon River from Breakfast at Tiffany's. It is one of my favorite songs it's just beautiful it's melodic and it's just calming every time i listen to it and i swear i'm gonna have that melody in my head the rest of the day today it's yeah <laughs> that's definitely got to be it for me okay uh man it's gonna be cliche but it's my heart will go on period it's it's so good. Uh, it's it's a perf- It's a good song to sing. Uh, like if you're looking for something nice and chill, like emotionally, but it's also good for a powerhouse at at times. It it's it's good for if you want to feel emotions. It's 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 good for if you put it on a car full of people and you can just drive down the interstate just singing the song at the top of your lungs. It, it fits very well narratively with with kind of the way that the, the movie is going. Uh, Sh- uh, Cher's performance is just fantastic. No. <laughs> no, uh, no, Celine. No, not sure. Sorry, Celine. Celine's Celine. performance is just absolutely. I apologize. It's Celine share. It's whatever. <laughs> Celine's <laughs> performance is absolutely fantastic. It is undoubtedly the best original song there has ever been for a movie, in my opinion. And I, I just think that you can, you can also definitely listen to it uh, many other other occasions but especially if you've never been in a car with five other college age guys all of you belting out my heart will go on then you have never lived <laughs> alice let's uh, let's go ahead and do a couple others uh so just very brief mentions uh we don't want to we don't want to spend too much time on this yeah no no stress so the other ones i had were kind of on the same vein in terms of the tone i've got the mad world cover from donnie darko it's just so haunting and beautiful and yeah, it just really hits that scene perfectly. And then it's just really nice to listen to when you're feeling a bit depressed and it's raining outside and you just want to get in that mood, you know? Yeah, <laughs> um, then I have... Uh, uh, yeah. Um, then I have a couple of songs from Labyrinth, uh, the 80s film. Um, so one is Magic Dance and the other one is As the World Falls Down, which are both just 
great David Bowie songs on their own. And then when you watch them in the film, they're, they're both great for different reasons. Magic Dance is so boppy and really fun. And I, we love, you know, me and my partner definitely put them on whenever we have a party and it's always a great hit. And then you have As the World Falls Down, which is maybe one of the most romantic songs ever written. And it's a perfect 80s ballad and I love it so much. Uh, Drive It Like You Stole It from Sing Street. I love Sing Street. It's one of my very favorite movies. And Drive It Like You Stole It is a perfect song. That's all I'm gonna say. It's a great bop. It'll get you in a, a great mood. Um, then I've also got I've Had the Time of My Life, but from Dirty Dancing, we all know that song. It's quintessential. It's iconic. It has to be on this list. Uh, and then just uh, real quick, I'll run through some others I had. Live and I'm, Let I'm gonna Die. Make, I'm going to make a quick clarification here, by the way. Um, yep. to, to kind of narrow this down, I'm going to exclude uh, Disney animated movies for this because I, it just yes. didn't come in my head. And that can be its own topic uh, of, of a different B-plot some week. So maybe maybe the next time you're on, we can talk about Disney songs. How about that? Yeah, yeah, no worries. I, I've tried to also exclude musicals and like ones where the they're not really songs that were necessarily written just to like compliment the film but people actually sing them no. um so, well, so yeah. alex and i were talking about this beforehand and so we're going to exclude musicals uh now the difference between a musical and a movie that has music in it is a musical does not function well as a good movie um without the music uh, and a great example of that is the greatest showman that's really just a string of music videos uh, a, a good example of a movie of a good movie that has music in it is la la land so um, we mm -hmm. kind of we kind of can make that distinction uh, and uh, and all that and it has to of course be original it can't be something like Les Misérables so uh, yes. yeah so why don't you go ahead and give the rest of yours and I'll I'll, I'll kind of supplement wherever I can yeah no worries so uh, I've got three of the Bond themes that I consider to be the best Live and Let Die uh, is a, is a great banger yep, Goldfinger and uh, Skyfall those are the three yeah. quintessential Bond themes in my opinion. Um, you, um, I've got Hello, which is a song from the Netflix movie uh, Always Be My Maybe. It's the first song that you hear the band play, and it's actually just a really fun song. I really love the it's beat. So I really good. love I would, I would yeah. listen to Hello Peril all day. Yeah, well, three of their songs are on Spotify, and I have them on yep. repeat all the time, but Hello is definitely my favorite of the three, um, okay. followed closely by I Punched Keanu Reeves. Okay. <laughs> um, then Ashes from Deadpool 2, also a yep. Celine Dion song. Oh, I love it. It's perfect. Oh, sure <laughs> yeah, no, not shared. No, no. It's Celine Dion, definitely. <laughs> Perfectly when paired with the perfect like Deadpool dance in the music video. Um, this is uh Falling Slowly is in a movie called Once and it is from That is unlike um, you. It is, yeah. It's it's, a, it's, it's, it's from the guy that did Sing Street. Correct. That's what I was gonna say. He did Sing Street and he's he knows music. He knows how to perfectly put it inside yeah. of a a movie. It's just Oh, and the the song's just beautiful. It's everything. It everything the movie is in a song, which is perfect. Um, I've got Iris from City of Angels because when I was thirteen and I watched that movie and it hit me right in my like heart, you know, in my heart, in my romance, desperately wanting a love story like theirs. Um, you probably don't recognize it from the name, but you'd recognize it if you heard it. Uh, it's a movie with. Meg Ryan and Nicolas Cage, where Nicolas Cage plays an angel, and it's the song. Yeah. I apologize for yep. my singing, but it goes, um, and I don't want the world to hate me. Na, 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 yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, that's a good song. It's, yeah, it's a good song. Um, and then finally, a song from Flashdance. Obviously, everybody knows, like, what a feeling, but I think the best song from Flashdance is Maniac, 
which is sure. just a great song to put on when you work out. It's so much fun and you, you just, yeah, it, when you're working out or when you're really needing to get high up in energy, it's a perfect song to get you into that, that sure. zone. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go through through my list. I'm going to talk briefly about them. I'm going to start with uh, my favorite uh, from Always Be My Baby is Tennis Ball. Um, I love Tennis Ball. Yeah. I, think it's, I think it's really clever, really funny. I, lo- I mean, of course, I love Hello uh, and I'm Pudge Keanu Reeves as well, but I'm going to go Tennis Ball is my favorite there. But I definitely wanted to make sure mm-hmm. we mentioned the other two as well. Uh, as far as Bond, uh, Bond themes, um, man, Sky- I think Skyfall is my favorite, period. Uh, but I really love the uh, the Sam Smith writings on the wall from Spectre. I think that one's really good. Mm. That's worth putting in the uh, in the Bond. Since we're talking about some very famous Bond themes, that one's definitely... I mean, it's no... Hey, man, Live and Let Die might be the most iconic in... Uh, and Skyfall is is uh, is definitely one of the best, um, but I I think this is in the conversation. And you mentioned uh, Sing Street, and my favorite song from Sing Street is Up. I think that song is 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 really 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 good. And uh, I I uh, then I would probably go Drive It Like You Stole It, which you mentioned, and then I'd go to Find You. Uh, but really, this whole soundtrack is mm. excellent, except for uh, I don't know, Girls is kind of fun, but it's it's not necessarily a great song. I don't like uh I don't like the the Brown Shoes song. I think that one's just kind of okay. Yeah. Like I like seeing it in the movie. I don't like listening to it though. Uh, I agree. Riddle of the Model is fun. Things like that. Uh, a couple that are very obvious, obviously from a movie. We got Shallow from the, uh, the Star is Born. That's an excellent song. Oh, I can't stand Shallow. <laughs> I love it. I, I get, I get, people, was... I get people's it... like uh, hate for it, but I didn't, I didn't hear it until I saw the movie, which was maybe a year after it came out. Yeah, exactly. See, it was on every radio station, every music playlist around me yeah. when the movie came out and when you hear that song 50 million times you start to hate it <laughs> yep i don't i don't listen to radio which i'm sure most music would get old to me if i did uh, a couple obvious yeah. ones here i the tiger gotta fly now from rocky uh, also ghostbusters from ghostbusters lose yourself from eight mile staying alive from saturday night fever uh, purple rain from purple rain uh, those are all fairly obvious a couple other ones that i uh thought were like uh, maybe at least i kind of knew of were uh but kind of surprised me that they were actually written for the song not just kind of um very very ingrained into them but uh danger zone from uh from top gun um i just thought that was a song and then they just used it a lot i didn't know it was original for it don't you forget about me from the breakfast club gangsta's paradise apparently was one from a 2005 mm. film i don't i don't remember which film it was it was from but uh i i i found that shocking um yeah maybe there was a chance it was covered and i read it on a no it's from dangerous minds from yes memory. that's it that's it yeah um and uh, i yeah that uh that was actually on my list till i saw it was on yours because it's my mum's ringtone actually so yes, it's i love great that song. <laughs> yes, that that's right. Dangerous Minds is what. It, but I just, I don't know. I just I I didn't know that was ever from a movie. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Mrs. Robinson from The Graduate. That's uh, maybe maybe pretty obvious. Maybe not. And then also, uh, I did not know that Knocking on Heaven Door on Heaven's Door was an original um, for mm. Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Yeah. So I mean, obviously that's that's in the conversation. Uh, the Bob Dylan, of course. And uh, and also one I didn't know. Um, Fight the Power uh in do the right thing yeah. uh, by, by public enemy enemy I, again i just thought that that was a i mean that's an excellent song i just didn't know it was original for the movie mm. and uh, also the, the two from la la land that i'm going to pimp are going to be audition song and waste of a lovely night i think those two are are both charming and, and emotional and just freaking perfect uh and definitely my two favorite songs uh that have lyrics on the 
on the soundtrack. So, and I, I have one other that I didn't think of until after uh, because this is one that I don't think a lot of people know. But this this honestly would have contended for my heart will go on, uh, and that's Supremacy by Muse. And uh, mm. first of all, I'm a huge Muse fan. That's part of the reason why I, I they're one of my favorite bands of all time. They're probably top three. Uh, but Supremacy was written. Um, to be the like they they put it in contention to be the main theme for Skyfall, and when you mm. hear it, it sounds like it belongs in a Bond movie, but you just don't pass on Sky on, on Adele's version. And I, I would love to see yeah. a Bond movie use um, use supremacy in one of the future. If I ever for some reason directed a Bond movie or had that authority, I'm like, man, we're using supremacy by Muse. I don't care what anybody says. So. Yeah, yeah. One more I'll also have to mention because otherwise we might get uh, murdered by the internet. Um, is of course I will always love you from The Bodyguard by Whitney oh, Houston. Yep. yep. Well, no, but that was a cover from uh, Dolly Parton. That's it why was a cover, not... but it okay, counts because so, it was okay. a cover that's, done that's specifically for the movie. Because, because it was a cover, but uh, yeah, but, yeah, that's fair. Well, the Whitney Houston version is better than the Dolly Parton version. Yeah. I don't know if that's widely debated. <laughs> no, Dolly Parton herself agrees, so that's okay. Okay. All right. Well, uh, with that, with all that in mind, thanks for the question, Joseph. Really appreciate that. If you want us to talk about something on the show, then you can always send in a question to writersroom at com or DM me on Twitter. I would love to use your question uh, as as something as a conversation for the show here in the B plot. Uh, but uh, but for the spinoff, Alice, we're gonna we're gonna talk about just one one thing from the pop culture world that you want to tell everybody to watch or uh, or avoid. We talked about this a little bit beforehand because you kind of gave me hints and I, I knew what they all are. And I, I'm going to change my mind uh, because you okay. said an online game and put RS. I'm like, is that RuneScape? And you're like, yes. And I kind of want to hear you talk about RuneScape, but I, I think I want to hear you talk about this book that I have no idea about more. Uh, but also okay. we were talking about the social dilemma a little bit. And since you work in marketing, I, I would just like to hear briefly mm-hmm. kind of your your inner, your thoughts of, of that as well. Yeah. So I – Going off what Aaron said, I actually do work in digital marketing, specifically doing what it is they talk about in the uh, in the show, uh, rather in the movie. Um, so using Facebook ads and using all those things they talk about. Um, so it wasn't a shock to me because I already knew about it. I use it every single day. Um, I completely agree with you, Aaron, that I think the dramatization bit was weird, especially because they had a recognizable face as one of them because it, it completely takes you out of it. Um, cause they're meant to be an everyman. And also I just think that the way that the story progressed was way too dramatic. I mean, just cause you're on the internet all day does not mean you're going to end up becoming some extremist and going to a rally, you know? Um, but I think the documentary part was really valuable. I agree with, you know, most everything that they kind of talked about with a pinch of salt, you know, like, yes, they, they talk about how you are on the internet all the time. You are constantly being manipulated, I guess you could say, or influenced, but, I do think that it's very easy to get away uh, around that. Like kind of how you mentioned, Darren, that you're already only getting notifications for things that are direct to you. Same with me. And it's just about being aware of that. I think it is important for people to know how social media works and why you're getting the certain ads and the certain things given to you that you are. Um, however, I do think this movie went a bit extreme with its, um, with its message and I think that the po- that was the point it was to scare people but you know grain of salt sure. I do recommend checking it out if you're not familiar with it but yeah it it was interesting to see from my perspective and, uh, and cool. your book so the book so the book is called it's a young adult horror 
And it is a movie, uh, sorry, it is a book that could never, ever be adapted into a movie because of what it does, uh, which kind of makes me sad because I love it so much. It's called The Call, and it is by uh, an author called, I'm probably going to butcher this, I apologize to all Irish people out there, but it's uh, Perda O'Gwillan. Um, just look up The Call and you'll probably find it in terms of the book. But what it is, it's about um, the, the call. Yeah, the call. The call. <laughs> No, it's, I just wanted to make sure you weren't trying to say something else, like Cole, like C-O-A-L. Oh, yeah, of course. No, The Call. Um, by, I think it's like Peter O'Gwillan or something similar like that. Yep. Basically, it's about... Correct. Peter. Um, basically, what's happened is Ireland has been cut off from the rest of the world because the Fae, who used to be the inhabitants of Ireland, have somehow managed to take back control of the country and have cut it off completely. So no one's able to leave. No one's able to come. It's disappeared. And what happens is now when you turn 14, every single person who turns 14 has to experience the call or the call, as us Australians call it. And what it is, is it's you're gone for three minutes in our time. And when you come back, you're either alive or you're dead. But what happens is uh, you get transported to the Fae realm. And you have to survive 24 hours in their realm and you get transported with nothing, no clothes, nothing. And the realm of the Fae is horrible. It's, it's uh, grotesque. It's horror. There's nothing you can eat. Everything wants to kill you, including the grass and the water and the animals. Uh, all the animals in this realm aren't animals. They're humans that were stolen from the the real world, you could say, or that tried to escape after they got cut off and didn't make it. They're humans that have been warped into animals. The dogs are humans whose bones have been cracked to look like dogs. And the way it describes it is so uh, vivid and it really evokes such imagery. It's so interesting. I sped through this book when I first read it. And it basically follows this uh, girl and she is the main character. She has polio. So she actually got polio as a kid and everyone uh, around her is like, why didn't you, why didn't her parents just kill her? There's no w- way she's going to survive when she turns 14. And so it's all about how she's been training as hard as she can to try and possibly survive when she has, when she gets called. Um, and it just follows her and all the other kids who now have to go to a survival school to learn how to possibly make it out alive after the, when they get called. And it's just so good. It's so vivid in its imagery, it uses great uh, mythological themes. And I highly recommend it for anyone who's into that sort of like horror, you know, dystopian um, story and wants something different. Because this is like nothing you've ever read before. So I really recommend. It does have a sequel. You don't need to read it. Um, the sequel's fine, but the first book's fantastic. Okay. Yeah, I was just about to say it looks like there's a sequel. I added it to my list, so I'm getting into reading a little bit more, and uh, mm. so I will probably eventually check this out. I'm going to talk about The Cold Blue. This is a documentary that you can find on HBO. This is uh, this has been out for two years. Uh, it's it, it, it's really good. I, I heard about this probably about a year ago. I think Jeremy talked about it on the Syncast, and, uh, and I just have had it on my list, but have never gotten around to actually watching it. So there's a, a filmmaker back in the World War II era days that made, was starting to make this documentary about bomber pilots in World War II. One of their call signs was uh, Cold Blue, a specific unit. And uh, mm. the documentary never got made. And so there was all this footage that was just kind of 
hidden from the world, kind of somewhere private that was uh, eventually uncovered. And so they restored this footage from 1942 and it looks immaculate. And they interviewed some people that were like around uh, that time or were uh, bomber pilots kind of in a similar era. And uh, it's, it's excellent. It, it kind of, it, it's not quite like, uh, like that Peter Jackson one, they shall not grow old. Um, it, but it, it kind of, in a way feels, feels very similar. It's, it's it's a brisk hour and thirteen minutes. It's uh it's not like amazing. It's not the best thing you'll ever see, but it's 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 really good. It's really worth watching. I really appreciated lots of things they had to say. Um, and they, yeah, some uh, some some of the cinematography is just excellent. So so that's what I'm going to talk about. But uh, mm, I'm definitely going to check that out. Good good. I hope you do. Uh, on that note, that's a wrap. So quick reminder that Civ Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media. And if you're interested in writing for CivPop.com or you want to get in contact with us, maybe send us a question to explore during the B-plot, then you can email us at writersroom at CivPop.com. The email should be in your description for this episode. If you want to support the show, help out with some costs we pay for out of pocket, such as fees, equipments, and rental, you, just, you can Venmo me at Castle or get in contact with me for a PayPal address um, that you can send that to. And uh, please don't forget to leave us a review if you're on iTunes. You have no idea how much that actually helps out the show um you can find me on letterboxd or twitter at schweitcastle and that would be uh, the best way to reach me but uh but alice where can people reach you and where can people just keep telling you about how wrong you are about la la land <laughs> oh please i know that there are people that that agree with me um <laughs> in terms of where you can reach me you can reach me on instagram or on uh letterboxd Ali G Mick, A-L-I-G-M-I-C-H. And I actually do have something a bit exciting um, as well. So my friends Ooh. and I have, um, have been watching consistently since last year every single movie Disney has ever made uh, from the beginning through to, and we will go through until the, the current ones. Uh, we're, about, we're up to the 70s right now. And we decided uh, every week I keep a record of our ratings and I've been keeping a record of just kind of what we've talked about afterwards. And we decided to make an Instagram where we're going to make a different, you know, and review each movie on a post. So we've, we're setting up the Instagram now. We're going to be putting up all our ratings and all our movies up until now and continue updating it as we uh, go on. But the um, to follow us, it is once.upon.a.marathon. So if you find us on Instagram, you can follow us there. Um, it, the profile's live. We're going to be putting up all the posts soon. And you can follow us on our journey as we make our way through the entire of Disney oeuvre, which includes Pixar and everything it's ever done. So it's gonna, it's really fun and hopefully some people enjoy it too. That, uh, that sounds really, really, really uh, interesting. Um, man, good on you. I don't use Instagram much, but I'm going to be your third follower because uh, I will maybe check Instagram now just for this. Maybe I'll be your fourth too. I'll make my dog follow you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Give, give you a little bit of, of headways. Actually, yeah. probably not. My wife runs my dog's Instagram account. <laughs> uh, and she'll be like, what is all this doing here? We, we only follow dogs. Uh, anyway, that's really exciting. Uh, that's that's really cool. Maybe I'll have to check some of that stuff out. Um, but. Mm -hmm. Uh, excellent. Hey, that's it's been great uh, talking with you. And uh, next week, I'm talking with Robert. We're talking about some goats again. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I, next time we'll have you on, it'll be sometime between January and uh, and June. And I'm I'm really looking forward to that time. But meanwhile, we got to get back to the writers' room. Mm -hmm.